You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, tonight, uh, along with Glenn Walker from Glenn Walker Fishing. Uh, Glenn, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah, no, appreciate it, and uh, thank you for having me. Excellent. Yeah, I um, you know, it, it's cool because this new show that we're doing brings in fishing, and it's something that I'm not necessarily that great at, to be honest, but... This is why I wanted the audience to be able to talk to someone like yourself, who's a pro who does this and does it all the time in tournaments and all that. I had um, gone onto your website today, obviously, to review some of the stuff you've done. And there's just so many tournaments all the time. And it, it just it looks so busy to me. <laughs> I guess tell us about this experience so far, what it's been like for you. Yeah. So, I mean, by no means am I a, I'm not a full-time pro. I'm still, I mean, I have a, a you know, Monday through Friday, nine to, you know, well, not nine to five as Dave can probably attest to some of the email times that uh, he sees <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have a real job. Uh, I'm just a, you know, I've, I've grown up bass fishing and I've been fishing tournaments uh, mostly in the Midwest. Uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, have lived in Minnesota now since 2009 and fish tournaments here in Minnesota. I uh, do travel regionally when I can. I've uh, been down to Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kentucky before. Um, and really, it's just my passion. Um, you know, I, I played hockey up through college. And so that's I've always been a competitive individual and com- being able to compete in something else after, you know, playing hockey ended you know, competing in fishing tournaments kind of gives me that competitive juice that I need and, and want. Um, and yeah, so it really, you know, it's given me that opportunity to keep that, you know, allow me to do something I love. Uh, and then really I enjoy passing on, passing on my knowledge and passion of the sport to, uh, to others. You know, I write articles for magazines and websites. Uh, you know, I help companies with, uh, you know, product development promotions. So it's, it's kind of, uh, like what Dave does with Bowhunter Planet and some of the other media outlets we work with uh, for my real full-time job. It's kind of my outlet on the fishing side allows me to, you know, channel my passion and kind of pass it on to others. You know, the thing about fishing that's interesting is I feel like it really makes it, it, it when we talk about the outdoors in general, you know, we've been focused on a lot of bow hunting, of course, since we own Bowhunter Planet. But like, yep. the truth is, like, we all started fishing. I mean, fishing's like kind of like the heritage of outdoors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, everybody's, fi- you know, fishes. It's in the Bible. It's in everything, right? I mean, it's like fishing is so sacred in so many different ways. Um, ex- take me back a little bit to who got you into fishing and, and kind of how that love for the sport mm-hmm. came about for yourself. Yeah, so uh, I was very fortunate that my uh, grandpa, my my dad's uh, my dad's dad, uh, had a they had a cabin on the Mississippi River, and so basically ever since I was you know I think like year and a year old, uh, we'd go over to the cabin, and they grew up you know fishing on the Mississippi, grew up there or grew up you know spent a lot of my summer time during the summer uh, at their cabin, and then. Uh, my parents bought a cabin in this on the same strip of land on the river. And so really, I mean, I grew up all my summers through elementary school, middle school, high school, between college, uh, being over there and 
and on the river fishing. So that's, uh, so my grandpa got me into fishing, uh, my uncles, uh, my dad wasn't a huge fisherman, but he always gave me the opportunities to fish. Uh, and he fished a little with me. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so really, you know, my grandpa, my uncles, my dad all kind of helped that, you know, get me involved and give, gave me the opportunities. Uh, I had a, a neighbor who was a hockey coach that, uh, that would get me out in, uh, in the mat in Wisconsin area. Um, when I was home during the week, we'd go out on the Madison chain of lakes and took me down to Lake Michigan before. And so, yeah, I was really fortunate. I had a lot of people that were willing and, and wanting to take me out fishing growing up. And, and really that's all it took. I mean, it's, uh, I can't remember a time when I've ever not wanted to fish. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just always been my thing. And yeah, now it's, you know, um, with my kids trying to get them involved into it and, you know, other people's kids, it's just, it's awesome when you can see someone catch that, you know, first fish and get them out on the water. Yeah, it's been like one of those staples, like um, every time we go camping now with our camper, like, you know, we bring fishing equipment, we always bring mm -hmm. some sort of fishing gear to take out. And um, I've always been looking for fishing reels and poles or whatever that collapse, you know, because you can fit in the yep. camper easier. Yeah. <laughs> so once in a while, I'll see them, you know, and grab them if I can. And, um, you know, it's been a good experience with that and the kids and having that ability to take them out. And, you know, there's something to do while we're camping and um. You know, when I started fishing when I was a kid, I, you know, we did a lot of rowboat fishing, I call it, uh, a lot of shore fishing, of course, but rowboat. And uh, I'll never forget my dad had taken me to this, this lake. It's like a little tiny private lake in Michigan. And um, there we would um, use cane poles and we would put two or three, I don't remember what the sets were on there or hooks or how many, but it was more than one. I know that. And uh, we would go for perch and there was no reel on those cane poles. You literally oh, just drop sure. them down and pull them up. But the, the, yep. the perch were hitting this thing so fast, so hard. They would literally, as soon as you drop it in, they were already on. It was the craziest thing. Like you drop it, pull right up. There'd be two, three fish on there. <laughs> You're like, yep. What's going on? Uh, and they were like big perch, you know, they weren't even small. They, it was like pretty impressive, really. Nice. Um, and, and that was when I was a kid, you know, that was like a long time ago, but I, I found my love for fishing even today, it's not really the boat side of it as much. Um, it's more of the shoreline fishing, river mm -hmm. fishing. Yep. Um, I think in college I, I grew a love for doing that with with well with Tim, my buddy who co-hosts the show the show, show with me normally, uh, except for today he couldn't make it. But that 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 Tim and I would go out on the weekends or after after school at college and we would go up through Mount Pleasant area. We both went to Central Michigan and we would okay. there's a river uh and we would literally fish this river all the time and in one time i had cast across the middle of this river and i was pulling yeah. it through i was in the bushes or whatever you know that goes because the edges are so thick usually and all of a sudden I, it, st it got stuck and i'm like oh man dang it you know <laughs> i just caught a branch and i look up and i see this huge pike or or it, it was a pike or a a musky, I don't know which one, but it was huge and it was on my thing i could see my oh nice picking out the side of it um the lure and i started pulling it in and i think bit that line so fast off man i probably got two yeah. tugs before it snapped <laughs> i mean i wasn't ready for that at all i had no yeah. leader i had nothing like i wasn't even thinking of that type of fish hitting that um just the lucky to be honest it was a lucky pull but the sad part is he actually took with him my grandpa's old lure you know one of the old lures uh, I had. I dang it man that was not the one to lose but <laughs> no that's that's pike yeah i mean you'll you'll get uh that i mean that's the one thing that's cool growing up fishing the river is you never know what you're gonna catch um obviously you know as you get as i got more into it you know bass was my uh you know what i wanted to go after but still when you're bass fishing i mean 
you'll be, you know, bringing in a bait or flipping a bush and you'll set the hook and all of a sudden you know, catch a big pike, catch a dogfish, catch a catfish. I mean, yeah, you never know on a river what you're going to catch. I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of wild what's out there. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. Take us through the different types of fishing. Cause I know there's a lot of different types of fishing, mm-hmm. like saltwater, freshwater river, I guess, give us an idea of like the different types and uh, you know, what to expect, I guess. Cause I know each one of those are, are very different. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously you have freshwater, saltwater. Um, uh, I, my, actually my first time saltwater fishing was two weeks ago. Uh, my wife and I went down to Florida for a quick, like five day vacation and went, uh, inter on the intercoastal fishing. So that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, a lot of buddies have told me, you know, once you go saltwater fishing, you'll never want to do anything else. And it was fun. I don't want to give up bass fishing yet. Uh, but I mean, we were, uh, we were, went up the, put in on T- in Tampa Bay and went up in this, in this preserve area and, you know, thrown up by these mangroves with a bit, with a, uh, shiner. And all of a sudden you'll, you know, your line will start going off and you'll just reel and set the hook and you never know what you're going to get. We caught a lot of snook, uh, some jacks, few, uh, mangrove snappers. So, I mean, it was pretty cool to, uh, to catch, you know, some, you know, go saltwater fishing finally. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, but I mean, more so what I know is freshwater. So, I mean, with river fishing, rivers are i mean all current driven i mean whether lack of current or presence of current so the current will always be positioning the fish based on how strong the current is what where the bait is um you know what the water clarity is like right now here in minnesota you know we're getting all the snow melt from our third or fourth snowiest winter and um, the Mississippi river is starting to rise. It's getting pretty, it's going to get high. And I mean, it's going to be muddy. So, I mean, right now it's cold, it's muddy. Fishing's going to be, you know, kind of tough for a lot of the things until that water kind of settles, cleans back out and starts to stabilize, stabilizes and then recede. But I mean, as the summer goes on, I mean, the current will position the bait uh, for the, you know, for bass, walleye, pike, whatever it is. And then how those fish are positioned in the current will dictate kind of where you need to be, you know, fishing for them. Um, And then, you know, and then lakes, I mean, you have, you know, lakes can, you know, here in Minnesota, especially a lot of vegetation. I mean, all of our lakes pretty much here are, are weed based, Um, you know, whether it's shallow weeds with, you know, lily pads and, pond weed and then you get offshore and you have coontail and milfoil um and cabbage i mean you i mean minnesota is so fortunate that we have some you know some of you know some phenomenal fishing much like in michigan you know just you know probably two of the best states for fishing in the you know i mean anytime the national level circuits come up and fish the mississippi river or for your case you know they go and fish uh, lake st Clair, or you know when uh any of those lakes that have vegetation the fish have so much forage to feed on and so many places to hide that they grow big there's numerous of them and you just catch a ton uh, but then you get you know lakes that are more rocky based uh kind of you know you get down in that ozark you know missouri oklahoma area there's not a blade of grass in a lot of those lakes and it's all fishing just rock banks transition rock bluff walls um you're looking for wood on the rocks i mean that's the cool part i what i like about fishing is you're always trying to break down that puzzle you're always trying to figure out you know where the fish are sitting on any given body of water on that given day 
what they're eating, you know, how they, how they want the, you know, how fast they want the bait, they want it sitting still moving, et cetera. So it really kind of, it's that continual puzzle game that you're trying to figure out to have success. You know, I, I try to like, I don't know what it is about like different environments, but like I have spent a couple different uh, family trips in different um, nice areas like Hawaii being one, Jamaica, Mexico, or a couple different, um, you mm-hmm. know, just more of that beach life, you know, Margaritaville type feeling. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, talking about the ocean and then, you know, fishing on the ocean, which I have not done. I've been in the region, but I have noticed a lot of the salt life branding uh, down mm-hmm. in those coastal regions. Oh, yeah. and it is so popular and it looks so fun to me. Like when I think of the salt life idea, um, it's just like a lot of fishermen seem to be wearing those shirts and hats and like you just... I don't know. I really like how people bring in like a brand and you get that feel for something like, cause it's different, right? It's like, sure. There's under armor and like, you know, nomad or whatever, you know, hook hooks, a good one, I guess, for fishing too. a good example of fishing that's started as fishing, I guess should say, but, um, but under armor, right. It's just like a brand, but it doesn't really fit specifically a, a niche specific to that fishing feel, right. Which like salt life would, mm-hmm. um, and feels that coast, even though it's pretty much probably the same material, but there's just a different <laughs> feel to it. I don't know. I mean, do you see a lot of that branding? Like, and I guess what are the big brands when it comes to fishing clothing like that? I mean, like you said, you know, under armor has a present hook, um, blackfish gears, a company based out of here in Minnesota Nats. Uh, big they their parent company is clam outdoors which makes uh ice fishing uh shelters and apparel and and so the blackfish brand is growing um i think they're on year i want to say four or five and kind of their 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 company motto is you can't choose the weather and you know i mean that's really true especially here in the midwest because our fishing season is very short so like right now our lakes are starting to melt uh, i just had to run some errands this morning and the lakes here in the metro about the first three to four feet away from shore are just open um so i mean it's melting i mean we're supposed to hit 80s here the next couple of days so we'll melt substantially but uh, it's still going to be a while till people are able to get out on the lakes so, i mean but you can't get out there and ice fish so right now is kind of that awkward transition where fishermen in Minnesota, unless you're hitting up streams for trout or going to the rivers um, for like walleye or sauger right now, you really, you can't fish because you can't go down the ice. You can't put your boat in. So you're, our fishing, open water fishing season, especially in Minnesota is uh, so short that anytime you can go fish, you got to go. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, 45 and and raining. If the water's open, I'm going to go. If it's, um, you know, if it's 95 degrees and hundred percent humidity, I'm just going to put on, you know, one of my, uh, blackfish sun shirts and protect myself and, you know, go out there and go because, because I know come, you know, come middle of October, end of October, there's a decent chance that our lakes will start freezing up and open water season's done. So, uh, so I think that's kind of the same thing with that salt life brand is, you embrace what you're given and you embrace kind of the opportunities you have and you, and you make the most of it. Um, I do think that, you know, when I was down in, uh, we were in Clearwater beach and I kind of, I dig that beach vibe. I dig that saltwater kind of vibe where it's like, yeah, we're going to go fish, you know, and you just kind of go in the boat and 
whatever you catch, you catch, you get back and, you know, you watch the sunset into the ocean and it's just, you know, gorgeous and have a cold drink on the beach and just kind of wrap up the day. And it's like, geez, you can do this again tomorrow. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, pretty cool, but I, I, I enjoy it up here in the Midwest with, with that. I mean, um, you know, the North woods with loons and all the birds and wildlife. I mean, it's really peaceful. You get, you know, fishing in the Metro here. I mean, you're fishing in people's backyards, you know, you're, uh, you know, like Lake Minnetonka, you're fishing right in the downtown Metro area with planes flying over and you have million dollar mansions for all the, you know, big companies here. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Twin Cities, their you know, executives live on the lake and professional athletes so i mean it's minnesota has all you know in a wide range of it you can be fishing in you know in the city you can be fishing up north so um you can be fishing in farm you know in farm country on little potholes so uh yeah it's it's pretty you know unique on kind of how it all lays out yeah i um there's so many different areas like that and i i, I totally when you talked about the uh you know, Great Lakes and having a lot of vegetation. I, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's all the time. Uh, ugh, seaweed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Always get caught up on that too. Is um so what's the deal with? And I'm going to ask you this because you're obviously in the fishing you know realm of, of things and you in the tournament specifically. So what's the deal with these guys who got caught cheating and all that? Like with these weights and all that. I mean, what what's the what what's the outcome of something like that? And you know, is that something you you guys have seen a lot in the industry? Not as uh not as blatant and not to the degree uh, as the, the two walleye fishermen on Lake Erie that got caught. I mean, there's been cheaters before down, you know, I mean, there's, there's cheaters in every, in every way, shape and form of life. I mean, if someone's going to, if there's money involved, there's greed and people are going to try and take advantage of a situation. Um, So, I mean, there's been cheating before with anglers, you know, at various levels and, and, but I mean, with the, with the two guys on Lake Erie did, I mean, to have that much audacity to do it that blatantly was just really kind of, I think, eye opening for individuals. And then really, I think where social media is media is at now for everyone to capture that at the way in there. I think that's why it just kind of took off more than 
anything in the past because in the past it may have just been word of mouth or very you know localized uh kind of media coverage whereas yeah this you know this cheating i mean it was on good morning you know it was on the national news i mean it was everywhere uh so i think i haven't followed it too closely but i mean for sure you know those anglers will be banned they won't be able i'm sure they won't be able to fish another fishing tournament um ever again in their life and i think you know criminally i think I did. I think I did see they did plead not guilty, or they pled guilty. I think to some charges. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess I I haven't followed that closely, but I mean, yeah. it was it was pretty blatant, and yeah, for them to do that and just yeah, it's yeah, it, it's unfortunate that when you know when there's money involved, people get greedy and look to capitalize on on it. Yeah. So, uh, Glenn, let's talk about your upcoming tournament. So it looks like on your website, you do have a lot going on here. Um, is this pretty accurate, what you have? Yep. In Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lineup of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Down Wind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Apex Rewards, and East. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Enter the Apex Outdoor Rewards Turkey Challenge in your state. Over $120,000 in cash rewards. Limited number of entries allowed statewide. Every bird is a possible winner. Reward your passion at apexoutdoorrewards.com. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's my summer schedules. Yep. So, I mean, again, like I said, our summer is so short. Uh, I mean, yeah, tournaments will start here. My first tournament here is in three weeks, um, well, two weeks from this Saturday. And then it kind of goes through September and then into October a little bit. And uh, a lot of my stuff is, you know, in the Twin Cities metro area here or on the Mississippi River between Wisconsin and, and Minnesota. And so, yeah, that'll kind of keep me busy through the summer and we'll, uh, yeah, I just, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, all my buddies down South they're you know, their fishing started, you know, March right now is kind of when the fishing's really good down South and then it'll go be good here, April, May. But as soon as that June, July hits, it gets so warm down South and the, those fish get so much pressure you talked a lot of like bass fishermen down south, like they only go night fishing or they'll only go like for a brief time or every, you know, they don't go that often this summer because it's so hot and fishing gets so tough down there because the water temperatures are high. The fish have been, you know, seen every lure numerous times. Um, but I mean, our, you know, we have to cram everything in for tournament wise, really May through September, because um, like in Minnesota, our bass fishing season uh opens for catch and release on mother's day weekend but then it does not you cannot keep a bass whether to someone wants to eat a bass or if you want to have a tournament that doesn't open until the saturday of memorial weekend so tournaments in minnesota inland bodies of water can't start till that weekend um so that really gives you 
June, July, and August um, and September. So I mean, it's it everything gets so it's so tight and compressed just because our windows so short for you know having good good conditions. You know, um, it looks so busy to me. I guess I have a question in regards to the boat stuff. So, like, how does that work? I guess Do, when you when you're are you sponsored by a boat company or how does that work? You get a new boat all the times, like once in a while. Is it the motor? Like, I, I always never understood the boat side. Yeah. So, me personally, um, you know, I work. Uh, I run a Phoenix bass boat. Uh, this boat I've had is year three on it. Um, you know, I work through a dealer, uh, up by St. Cloud in tune Marine and work with them on the boat and, uh, you know, don't get it for free. I wish, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I typically keep a boat about every five, about five years. Um, uh, you know, I, I, some guys, you know, will turn a boat, they'll have a boat deal where they get a boat and they'll get it at X price, turn around and sell it and then get a new one the following year. I personally don't really like doing that or want to do that just because it takes so much time and, and just manpower to a, just get the order in because you want to order the boat exactly the way you like it. Got to get all yeah. your depth, monitor, you know, your electronics, trolling motors, your shallow water anchors, get all that in, make sure everything's at to the boat, uh, boat manufacturer on time because, if all your stuff isn't there, most of the time they won't start building it. So you got to, I mean, it's, it's a logistical nightmare to make sure everything's in order. Then once the boat's built, you got to get it in, rig it. And then you have this boat that you've never been in before. And you have to make sure, you know, you got to get your graphs dialed. You got to get all your stuff back in. So you do all that. And then all of a sudden you, you know, fit up here, you're only fishing in it for, you know, five months maybe. Um, and then you turn around and sell it. It's just a lot of, in my opinion, it's a lot of work for a short, you know, for a one year, uh, time in it. Now, you know, the truth in the national pros, you know, guys that are down South that are fishing 10, 11, even 12 months of the year. And they're putting, you know, the hours on their outboard and the boat that, you know, that they do then, you know, flipping them every year, it's not a bad idea. Uh, but yeah, I kind of found like a five year, your four to five year kind of swap is kind of my, you know, nice window that I like to do. Yeah. You know, that's, it was always kind of confusing thinking of that because there's so much detail to that part of the business mm -hmm. that, you know, yep. they're bigger pieces of the pie, but they're also important. Of course, you got to have it to do what you need to do. And that's why, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder how that works. It's always been yep. interesting. Well, it's kind of like with you guys and your bows. I mean, I, I, you know, you, you get a bow and you spend all, all spring you know all off season fine tuning it you know sighting it in getting all the accessories on it you've invested so much time and money into it it's like okay you want to use it and then you you're just supposed to drop it and start that all over again and and again some guys do that but i mean it's like you invest so much in it it's like you want to spend some time with it and use it yeah. before you actually get rid of it yeah, well, it's a lot cheaper though than a boat. But either way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually that it was funny true. you said that because I was talking to a uh, long time ago. We were talking to um, Tom Miranda. We were at the ATA show and mm -hmm. we ran into Tom Miranda. We were talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, I'm shooting the uh, Matthew Switchback. They want me to shoot the Halon, but I ain't gonna do it or something like that." You know, it was like yep. five years old bow compared to like the newer. Oh, it was sure. just so funny. He's like, they're making me do it. I don't want to do it, you know, but it was <laughs> funny. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I get it. You know, like you're saying, like you get stuck with something and, 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 and all power to him in that sense that 
if you are promoting a brand, you know, I get the part that you would want to say, look, I'll use the brand, not necessarily a model, right? And I'm promoting the brand, but the brand wants to make their money on the latest model. So I totally understand the the concepts there, but you know. I think it also yep. looks good that he's shooting an older bow that he's sponsored by and the thought that, wow, it lasts exactly. that long and, you know, it's that quality, you know. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it shows, you know, when you stick with a brand and use a product that's not the latest and greatest, it definitely shows that that brand and product has, you know, quality craftsmanship, um, you know, likely, you know, has a strong customer service warranty department because, likely any item that you hold on to that you put through the you know rigors of hunting or fishing has some kind of service work done to it uh, maybe minor but at least if you're able to get it handled and get the that product back to you know to its original integrity it shows a lot for that company so yeah i think there's you know there's merits to you know obviously when a, a, a brand ambassador or someone is promoting a product you want them to be promoting the latest and greatest but at the same time them promoting the brand and the longevity and craftsmanship of a product isn't a bad thing either. Yeah, for sure. Um, switching gears a little bit, Glenn, let's talk about your job and more of the stuff sure. you deal with on a day to day. Cause you deal yeah. with a lot of outdoor marketing, which is actually not necessarily fishing. So that's why it's funny. Cause you're kind of like all over the yep. place here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. Like how long you've been doing it and, and you know, where that's put you and you know, people you met. Yeah, yep. So I uh, I work for a company called Providence Marketing Group, and I've been with uh, Providence for oh, I think thirteen years now. And I serve as uh, I'm our VP of operations. So our owner uh, is Jeff Bergman, and he's had the company for about fifteen years. And we have a team uh, all together of five of us, soon to be six, I believe. And we, uh, yeah, we our main focus is in the hunting industry doing. Media buying, marketing, PR, social media, graphic design, uh, marketing consult consultation, but really anything top to bottom, advertising, marketing, media for uh, outdoor brands. We're uh, we're pretty heavy on the hunting space, archery and, and whitetail hunting. Um, we do have a few clients on the fishing side, few out of the industry or uh, non-endemic companies as well so um yeah it's really i've enjoyed i mean i love my job every day is different uh i handle a lot of different work on a lot of different projects and facets of our companies you know marketing for our clients but also you know business development and items for our business for for providence itself um and yeah it's really allowed me to yeah i mean i uh, to meet a ton of people i mean i've been to i think you know, 12 ATA shows. And I think I've been to 11 or so shot shows and numerous other trade shows and conventions and events. And um, yeah, I mean, so I've gotten to meet a handful of, you know, amazing people, you know, such as yourself in the industry, you know, different outdoor writers, media reps, um, you know, and then always, you know, you never know at at ATA or shot show who's going to come into your you know, clients booth and, you know, share a story with you and, you know, who you know, never know who you're going to bump into. So yeah, I've been pretty fortunate and, you know, it's been, it's been a fun ride and I, you know, can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we've known each other a long time, man. It's been a while actually in this industry. Now I think about it, it's probably been like eight, eight years or so. It's been a long time, maybe longer. Um, man, you guys did so many brands so long. It's crazy to think about it when you look back. Yeah. I mean, shoot, that goes back to like, Jimmy Big Time. That's like 2012, 2013, yep, yep, right? Yep, yep. So that's yeah. like way back. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. Jimmy big time. And, uh, yeah, so that is, uh, yep. Still around. And, uh, if anyone's interested, we still have Jimmy big time DVDs. So if anyone needs a uh, Jimmy big, nice. big time DVDs, check out the Facebook page and we can get you some DVDs. So, so. Funny. That was a great <laughs> show, man. They did such a good job on it. I know it's a lot of work. I know people don't see that part of the, the, the side of the work, you know, but it, it it definitely, in my opinion, it's it was everlasting. Put it that way. It's something that I always remember. You know, I think of yep. I think of funny and I think of hunting. I always think of that uh, Jimmy Big Time. I just can't help it. It's amazing. You guys yep. should redo reruns of those clips and start them over. Yep, yep. And uh, I think we're oh, some fun. new clips. Could, I think some new clips are on the horizon. Uh, but I, I think Jimmy was about a year. Two, I mean, it, 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 we were about a year, we, a year later and, or stuck around another year. I think it could have really taken off. I think that's when the industry, you know, kind of media flipped. And yeah, I yeah think, you're in the right at the wrong time. It was like right at the yep, wrong it was, time. It was there and it was just starting to snowball. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously just, you know, things, you know, sometimes happen for a reason. So we'll, yeah, they'll, well, I, you know, we'll see what happens there with those guys. Yeah, it was well done, though. I mean, the, the production was well done as well. I mean, you guys really knocked it out of the park. It was, I could tell it's a lot of work. I'm like, oh, my God, these guys, this is like, <laughs> like so hard to do, like just in the stuff we do, which is very minimal compared to that. I'm like, wow, that's like crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, they worked hard on that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Glenn. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate yeah. it. GlennWalkerFishing.com. I love the website logo, to be honest. I kind of like your name, just bold like that. It looks good. Thank you. Like, appreciate that. Clean, you know, thank it's real good. Appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, no, I, I greatly appreciate and enjoy working with you. Awesome. Well, keep us informed on how the tournaments go. We'll try to check in the fall and, you know, get, get here, here back and make sure you guys, you know, bring all your photos and stuff. We're going to want to yeah. show everybody. And then uh, oh, also... Sure. I think next time you come on, Glenn, let's talk about maybe um, some informational, uh, maybe uh, videos or tips we can add into this on how to tie knots sure. for fishing hooks and stuff. Yeah. Like, there's some simple stuff that I would even love to see myself, to be honest. Yes, we can do that. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be great. So thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for watching the show right here on Carbon TV. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.